The following audio is from Christian Heritage Church. More information about Christian Heritage Church is available at chctoday.com. Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. This is the final message in the series, uh, The Family of God. It's amazing to me when I lay these things out uh, weeks, sometimes even months in advance, I never know what exactly God will speak to us the week we're going to preach it until the prior week. And this prior week, with all the events happening, God just brought me back to Ephesians 2, and there are three verses in particular I want to point out to you, and the promise that God has given to us as the family of God. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. You need to underline that and remember it, because three times in this passage, he declares he's our peace. He is our peace who has made both one and broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. Underline that again. He has made peace. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace. Write that down. Underline it to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. And then verse 19 has been our cornerstone verse. Therefore, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We understand that that word household is, can also be translated immediate family. So we understand that God has made peace available to you and I as his immediate family. If there's one thing that you and I need to do, it's walk in the peace of Jesus Christ. When we don't know the future, when things are uncertain, the peace of God never changes. It's amazing to me as I've moved into the community the last few weeks and talked to people, so many are completely and totally fearful and afraid. Let me say it again. Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, He has not given you a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Fear is a spirit from the enemy. It's not from God. It's not for God's people. What God has given to us is peace. Can you say amen? This is a great opportunity as we approach this storm for you and I as believers to walk in the peace of God, be clothed in the peace of God, and be a witness and a light to those who are living in fear. Why are you so calm? Why are you so peaceful when a hurricane is barreling down on us? Because we know who is our peace. Because we have a better answer. We found a better way to live. We don't have to be dominated or controlled by fear. We're not controlled by the media. We are controlled by the Spirit of the living God, who is a spirit of peace. So we need to understand that. Four times in our text this morning, the benefit of being a part of the family is the peace of God. Verse 14, He is our peace. Verse 15, He made peace. Verse 17, He preached peace to all of us. That's God's promise to you and I today. He is going to fill us with His peace. Now understand, peace is not the absence of trouble. As long as we're in this life, Jesus said, we're going to have some problems and trials, tribulations, troubles. But peace is not the absence of trouble. Rather, it's the knowledge that God is with me. The knowledge that God will never leave me nor forsake me. The knowledge that God is greater than anything I face, anything that I encounter, and He already knows the way through. Amen? 
Do you understand when the Israelites were at the Red Sea? The army of the Pharaoh was behind them. The Red Sea was in front of them. They were in an impossible situation. They didn't know what to do. And God said, step out. Step into the waters. And when they did, the waters rolled back and they walked through on dry ground. Listen, God knew what was going to happen before it ever occurred. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. God has your future in his hands. He knows tomorrow. He understands what's going to happen and occur. Quit worrying. Quit fretting. Just follow him. Live in peace. Let him cover you and clothe you with that peace. We know that life is filled with peace-robbing experiences. Death, divorce, diagnosis of bad things, even hurricanes can be peace-robbing. But in the midst of the storm, I love that song, didn't you? In the eye of the storm, he remains in control. Somebody ought to shout, you're in control. You're in control. I'm not in control, but Jesus is. The master of the wind and the waves is in control. The one who said, I am your peace, is in control. And he's promised us a peace that never departs, that never leaves us. You can read it in John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. And then these two injunctions to you and me. He said, let not your heart be troubled. That's a reaction, a response on our part. When we see things going on around us, we don't allow them to disturb or to steal our peace. He said, let not. That's something you have to do. What has he done? He's provided peace. But you have to step into it. You have to live in it. You have to accept it, proclaim it, hang on to it. Let not your heart be troubled. And then he went on to say, nor let it be afraid. So those are two responses you and I have to things that we can't control. Number one, we live in the peace of God. Number two, we guard our hearts. We guard our mind. We guard our ears. We don't listen to what the world is saying because the world doesn't have the answer. Jesus is the answer. He is our peace. So we hang on to that and we don't allow our hearts to be troubled by fear or uncertainty. Peace cancels worry, fear, and anxiety. It cancels it. It can't not dwell where peace is at. We have to understand that's a benefit of being a part of the family of God, walking and living, knowing, embracing the peace of God. We found a better way to live when we embrace Jesus Christ. Amen. We can be calm in the eye of the storm because he is our peace. We can understand God holds tomorrow. He is our peace. We can understand if the worst possibly happens, God is still greater. Come on, folks. We've got to get a hold of this this morning because God is calling you and I to be salt and light in a difficult time. See, this is when the church should shine. This is when the church should stand out and show forth the glory of God. This is when those who don't know him should say, I want what you have because I can't live the way you're living. Come on, we need to live in peace. Because the peace of God is a very powerful, dynamic witness to the world of the presence of God in our life. And the peace of God is a promise that can never be extinguished and will never be diminished. How did Jesus say it in John 14, 27? Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. 
So we stand in that peace that can never be exhausted. It can never be diminished. We can stand and say, I may not know what's going on out there. I may not have control, but I serve the God who does, and that's good enough for me. He's going to see me through. You can turn to Luke chapter 21. I don't have time to dive into it or read it for you. But verses 5 through 19, Jesus is predicting the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple that actually happened in AD 70. You can read that entire prophecy. It's quite startling and sobering as you read it and the things that he said to his audience on that day. You need to understand that when Rome surrounded the city and then destroyed the temple in AD 70, they destroyed not just a building, but they destroyed the way the Jews had worshipped for centuries. They destroyed that entire aspect of their life. It was irreplaceable. It was precious to them. It also brought the destruction and subjugation of the people of Israel. Their entire universe, their faith, their relationship with God, their place in the world was disrupted when that event occurred. They were completely turned upside down. But in the midst of that passage, Jesus gives voice to the loss and to the fear that they felt in that time, to the uncertainty they were dealing with in that day. And when you read it, you'll see that he gives them words of comfort and words of assurance in that day and in that time. Have you ever noticed that in our family units, sometimes we can be splintered, we can be separated, we can be fighting and argumentative, but when tragedy occurs, we pull back together. When heartache happens, we come together because we understand one principle, we can't replace our family. See, and we need to understand today that that same principle overlays the family of God. We're able to hang on to Him, and He sees us through. Matter of fact, Jesus said when bad things happen, don't start looking for someone to blame. Don't start looking for signs, what did I miss? But rather understand uh, that we need to be aware of what's happening in the spiritual realm as well. Luke 21, 80 said, beware that you're led not astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. He's saying when bad things happen, bad people rise to the top as well. That's why it's imperative that the church of Jesus Christ shines in these days and these times. That our witness is clear and bright and uncompromised to the world around us. Verse 9, he said, when you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified. What's he saying? He's saying your peace doesn't come from peace out there, it comes from me in here. We've got to get that, folks. Our world is in trouble this time. Hurricanes, fires, earthquakes, on and on and on we can go. Threats of nuclear war, on and on we can go. But you and I as believers can't focus on what's happening out there. We have to focus on what God is speaking to us and be the people He's called us to be. And He's called us to be a people who live and walk in peace. A people whose hearts are not troubled. A people who do not give in to fear. A people who are willing to share what we have with those that don't so we can share them the love of Christ. Someone said, well, what if something really bad happens and we run out of food and people start looting and robbing and going crazy? My philosophy of this is this. If that really happens and we're still here, then I'm going to share what I have with those who need it And when we run out, we're going to starve together because we're going to show them who Jesus really is. Come on, folks, we have got to be willing to put ourselves in the place where the peace of God flows through our life and people see who God really is through you and me. 
Instead of Jesus telling them all these other things, he instead gives them words of peace and words of hope and words of promise during that time. Despite the loss and pain we experience in life from numerous factors, the truth is this, God will never leave us alone. He will never leave us alone. You know, I can remember the Sunday after September 11th. I can remember what happened. I was pastoring in Oklahoma City. Had a church that seated about 650. Three services on Sunday. The Sunday after 9-11, every service was packed, standing room only. Why? Because people needed an answer. People needed to know. And they didn't come to find out what signs they missed leading up to this calamity. They didn't come to assess blame. They came because they needed a word of hope. They needed a word of peace. They needed to know that God still loved them. They needed to know that God still had a plan in the face of tragedy. Do you hear me this morning? That's what we need to show the world around us. God still has a plan. God is still in control. God still loves you. God still wants to rescue you. Oh, somebody, we need to cry out for mercy today from the Most High God. Somebody said, do you think America is under judgment? If you've been here longer than two seconds, you know I believe that. There is no question about it. We can't slaughter 61 million babies and not be under judgment. We are under judgment. But in the midst of judgment, we cry for mercy. We cry for mercy. The mercy of God is the only thing we can ask for Him to show to our world and then for us to live in the peace that passes all understanding. In times of loss, remember this because this week you'll need to deal with it. You'll need to apply it. In times of loss... People need to hear words of comfort and words of assurance. They don't need to hear, well, this happened because you're such a dirty, rotten, low-down, no-good sinner. This happened because of the actions of those in government. They don't need to hear that. They need to hear that there is a God who loves them, who cares for them, who will reach out to them, who will minister life to them. They need to know there is a God who is real and powerful and alive even yet today. And no, it's not His fault. Somebody needs to hear that again. No, it's not his fault. In Luke 21, you know what Jesus said? He said, I'm telling you these things because I'm going to go away. And when I go away, the ruler of this world will come. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the devil, Satan, the enemy. He's talking about the power and the force that rules in this dimension. Oh, it's time for you and I to recognize our enemy is real. His, his aim and his goal is destruction. But we need to stand against him and pray for life and peace. And believe God to do good things in us and through us. Times of difficulty and devastation and destruction, we must remember God is with us. He will never leave us and never forsake us. We must remember he has already promised peace to you and I. And we've got to remember, Jesus didn't say, if you're good enough, if you're faithful enough, bad things aren't going to happen to you. He never said that. He never said that. That is false doctrine. He never said that. He said, when things do happen, I'll walk through it with you. He said, when things do occur, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. He said, when hard times happen, I am your peace. I am your peace. That's what he said. He didn't say, because you're a part of my family, you're exempt from all trouble and difficulty. No, a matter of fact, he said, in this world, you will have tribulation. 
He made it very, very clear. So we have to be aware of that. Don't go following some rabbit trail that will lead you to disillusionment and disappointment because God didn't perform. God's promised you peace. He's promised you he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Those are the things that we hang on to. He said in the midst of difficulty, we'll never be alone. Matter of fact, in verse 15 of Luke 21, Jesus said, when they persecute you, don't worry about what you're going to say, because I will give you words and wisdom. That's pretty good stuff, isn't it? So when you're dealing with folks this week, remember, you don't have to have a rehearsed speech. God's going to give you words and wisdom. He's going to fill your mouth with remembrance through the Holy Spirit of all the things that you know, and you'll be able to speak a word of life into their life and into their spirit. So let it happen. Let me say one more thing. In times of difficulty, the Christian church should be filled with grace and mercy and compassion. We shouldn't be griping and belly aching and going on because this is happening and we are now somehow uh, forced to do something for people we don't want to do something for. Come on, church, it's time to recognize this is the opportunity God has given us to shine and show His peace. To be the church and be a witness and a model to Him that can change hearts and change lives. Verses 18 and 19 of Luke 21, you know what Jesus said? He said, you don't need to worry because not a hair of your head will perish and by endurance or patience, you'll preserve your soul. So what he's saying, he's saying, stay the course. In good times or in bad times, stay the course. When things are easier, when things are hard, stay the course. Remember, I've given you peace. Remember, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Stay the course. Don't look to the left or to the right. Don't look for another answer. There is no other answer. It's Jesus Christ. Stay the course. And it's interesting that in Luke 21, Jesus said all these things, knowing that in just a few days, he would be arrested, falsely accused, beaten brutally, hung on a cross, and die for the sins of the world. I think when you read Luke 21, especially the last few verses, He was saying these things not only to his disciples, not only to you and me down through the centuries, but even to himself. He was reminding himself that my father will not leave me. He was reminding himself, i got to stay the course. He was reminding himself, it is worth it all because of what's going to be accomplished when three days after I die, I rise again from the dead. Oh, come on, church, let me say it again. Stay the course. This isn't the time to abandon ship. This is the time to say, I know in whom my hope lies. How did Paul say it to Timothy? For I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed. What have you committed to him? You've committed your life. You've committed your future. You've committed your eternity. Able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. You need to understand our God is a keeping God. Our God is a keeping God. He's not going to let you loose. He's not going to turn loose of you. He's not going to give up on you. He will hold you steady and steadfast. Stay the course. So Jesus needs us to remember. And maybe he needed to be reminded himself or reflect upon himself that God is with him. To know that he's not alone when he's walking through the trial and the scourgings and the crucifixion. And that somehow... The God that he serves and the God that we serve is able to bring life out of death, resurrection out of destruction. Oh, somebody needs to hear that this morning. We serve a God of renewal. 
We serve a God of, of resurrection. We serve the God who is able to take that which is dead and destructive and destroyed and bring life to it again. And that's good news for you and me. So this morning, as we pray that God would alter the track of that storm, but as we prepare for what may occur, we do so in the peace of Jesus Christ, knowing that God is more than able to care for his people. He's promised us his peace. We're a part of his immediate family, and that's God's promise to you and to me, no matter what. No matter what. Will you put that picture on the screen for me, Donna? picture you're about to see is our granddaughter, Harper. She just turned five years old. Harper lives in Austin, Texas. We had the great opportunity of spending a few days last week with all of our grandkids last weekend. It was a wonderful time. Thanks, Yvonne, for arranging that surprise. We loved it. We loved it. But the week prior, my daughter Mindy, Harper's mom, had sent me an uh, a audio recording of Harper. She calls this her bedtime song. And when I heard it, I knew I wanted to play it today, even though I didn't know the events and the circumstances would be facing today. So I want you to listen to this song that Harper sings to remind her of who Jesus is. Play that for me, would you please, Zach? Tis the sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to take him and his promise, just to take the Savior Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove Him more endures. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. And that's the message I want you to hear today. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Because he has promised us peace in the midst of the storm. He'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. Stand with me this morning, please. Tom, would you come back? Peace in the midst of the storm. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to know. Thus saith the Lord. Father, right now I pray for your peace to fill the hearts and the minds of every person in this room today. I pray that each one of us would know and understand what a wonderful, mighty, powerful God we serve. And we're going to hang on to you and trust in you. Now let the peace of God that passes all human understanding fill every heart and every mind in this room this morning. Because that's your promise. Peace I leave with you, peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I pray right now for the spirit of fear to be bound and for the peace of God to flow into the heart of every person here today. Let us know that our God is in control. He is mighty, He is powerful. He is well able to see us through. Remind us of the words of Harper's bedtime song. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to know. 
His promises will hold true. Hallelujah. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed across this room this morning. Maybe you're here today and you're not a part of the family of God because that occurs when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Today is a great time to say, I want to become part of God's family. A great opportunity for you to receive the things that He has laid up for you. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, but today you want Him to come into your heart and into your life, you want the things we've talked about this morning, the peace that never passes, the presence of God that never leaves us, the assurance that He's with you always. That's your desire. That's what you want. You need Him to forgive you, to cleanse you, to come into your life. Would you, right where you stand, just slip up your hand and say, Pray for me, Steve. Pray for me. So wait just a moment. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Anyone else? Pray for me. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Thank you for listening to audio from Christian Heritage Church located in Tallahassee, Florida. Feel free to give copies of this message to others, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Christian Heritage Church, please visit us online at chctoday.com.